When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The TCL broadcast studio is lonely and dark right now because Mackie and Long are live from the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. That's right. It's lonely and dark there. It is, it is the opposite of lonely and dark here this weekend. Uh, by the way, the first thousand people through the door at the golf show a free greens fee from the Red River Valley Golf Trail near Red Wing. So you walk in the door and get free golf here at 10 o'clock. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? When I came to Minnesota, um, my career was kind of hanging in balance at the time. I was kind of at a fork in the road. And it wasn't to me because of my talent. I thought I just needed somebody to believe in me. And Flip did that. He believed in me, and I didn't come here as a starter. I was coming off of the bench at the time. Um, and he believed in me, and he gave me an opportunity, so much so that when I left here and, and went to Detroit, I begged Joe Dumars to bring him to Detroit because uh, I loved him so much. In 2013, I received an exceptional phone call from Flip. He indicated that he wanted some time and to come down to Mankato, and he wanted to visit. At that meeting, we both talked about the future of the Timberwolves and him being part of the leadership of that into the future. It was at that meeting in 2013 that we made a decision that Flip and I would work together forever to improve this organization. That's why it's so important, as we put this banner up tonight, that we keep that memory of not only what Flip has done in the past, but that he is part of the future. And I want to recognize that friendship and that leadership and loyalty to, that he had to this organization. Glenn Taylor with the cue cards. They're the only one to not speak live. But you know what? There was uh, some dust in the air in the Mackey living room last night where we watched the tribute. Uh, I was disappointed to see that it wasn't televised live, but watching it in its entirety afterwards, or I'm sure if you were in the arena, it was a cool tribute. And I, I wish KG were there, Chris Long. Like, that Kevin, was, that Kev- was weird. I was watching TNT the entire night. Which is, by the way, like that's Kevin Garnett's sort of alibi, or that's the that's the company that is out in Los Angeles doing TV all weekend for the NBA All Star Weekend. He should have been there. It was an amazing tribute. The family come. The family has not been extremely vocal. Ryan Saunders has been doing a lot of interviews the last few days, but the family has been pretty devastated by this the last two or three years. Um, I just feel like. It was 95% awesome, and it was perfect 95% of the way. But KG should have been there. Yeah, last it night. was the great meal that needed a great dessert, and having Garnett come and, you know, he, he's very expressive. He could have done the nod and wave and just 
Yeah, kind of do that KG head nod, acknowledge, like, yep. Have the hooded sweatshirt where you're not sure how the hood stays up on yeah. the back of his head yeah. for four hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I know you didn't expect me here, but, you know, I'm going to put all this away for Flip. I, I, and, you know, a little wave and just, you don't have to speak. You know, a lot of the guys that came, a lot of the former players that came only, what, Sam Cassell and, and uh, Chauncey well, Billups. Well, it was, it was Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups, uh, Troy Hudson with a shaved head now. Yep. John Thomas, who works with the Timberwolves, But, was I mean, there. as far as Gary guys Trent. who spoke. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spreewell was there last night, too. Spreewell rocking the, a big head of hair still. You know, Troy Hudson aborted mission at some point on the dreadlocks. I don't know when. Uh, Latrell Spreewell, unless they're extensions of some kind or some sort of uh, a wig or toupee, bravo to old age Latrell Spreewell. It, it, was a, it was a great ceremony, but you nailed it. Somehow, and I don't want to jump on the, the team, it was important to get Kevin Harlan there, and that's why it's scheduled. That was it cool. Was. Yeah. It was so he'd be there with a TNT game. But, uh, boy. Should have been on television somehow, and and Kevin Garnett needed to be. Those were the only two things, but that does not take away from you said it was a great ceremony, and uh, I don't want to use the word closure because I don't know if you ever really get closure on somebody like a Flip Saunders, um, who is that close to the program and that identifiable with the program. But there hadn't really been that sort of celebration. You know, they had to wait for the construction. But until, I mean, and not to keep buzz killing it, but until Kevin Garnett is part of something like that, it's never going to feel like there's closure. Because the only, in 30 years of the franchise's history, the only two, we, we said this yesterday, if you were to put together a cliched Mount Rushmore of Minnesota Timberwolves figureheads, there's only two. <laughs> there's like, there's there's Kevin Garnett, Flip Saunders, and then they might be chiseling the beginning parts of a Carl Anthony Towns, yeah. uh, you know, block, but that's it right now. That's right, it. Right. So there was, let's, let's play some more sound bites from yeah. this. We have a few more. You mentioned Sam Cassell was at Target Center last night, and uh, and he spoke about... So Sam Cassell came in, in 2003 as part of that trade that finally surrounded Kevin Garnett with enough talent to make a deep playoff run. Here's what he said last night. The thing I would never forget about Flip, that how demanding he was about playing the game of basketball the right way. He preached it. You know, these guys on my right understands it. He preached it. He always expressed playing the game the right way. A couple years later, I become a coach with him. I'm assistant coach for him. And he drove me and his son crazy at times <laughs> about trying to get the Washington Wizards guys to understand the importance of execution. So in my coaching experience right now, that's the main focus that I took from Flip, just learning to play the game the right way and executing the game the right way. And Spree don't like playing in the daytime. I was waiting for that at the end of the Cassell soundbite. Uh, Cassell, I believe Cassell has aspirations to be a head coach someday, and, and Ryan does too. It would not shock me at all if at some point with all the film work Ryan Saunders has done, three decades of just studying under Flip Saunders, who's regarded as one of the great offensive minds of the last 25 or 30 years in the NBA. Uh, this was, so, so Flip, after he was done with the Gophers, Flip went into coaching in college, and eventually became a coach for I want to say like six or seven years in the CBA. So my so one of the teams he coached in the CBA, and he was he won multiple championships. He coached the Lacrosse Catbirds in the late '80s or early '90s. And so my family is from Lacrosse area. And when I was a kid, I remember before Flip Saunders became coach of the Timberwolves, I remember them talking about you got to come see this coach. He's awesome. Like this team is great. And uh, and, and he won a bunch of games. So this is the story of how Flip went from the CBA to the NBA when he was knocking on the door when Glenn Taylor took over ownership of the Timberwolves. The first time I met Flip, 
was shortly after I made the announcement that I was going to purchase the Timberwolves. Two days after that announcement, I received a large package in the mail. Upon opening it, it was a long letter from Flip indicating that he would like to work with the Timberwolf organization, along with two books. One book was filled with every play that Flip had ever put in offense, and the second book was, in detail, every defensive scheme that he could think of. I gave a call back to Flip and said I was interested in talking to him. The next morning, he drove over from Sioux Falls to Mankato. We spent four hours together talking about the future. I would say that if we hadn't hired Flip for the Timberwolves, I would have offered him any job in any of my companies. I was so impressed with him. And that's that's the impression he makes on people. And I, I got to thinking about some of these stories. Actually, let's put the Debbie Saunders clip here, too, and then we can kind of just discuss from multiple angles and multiple stories. This is Debbie Saunders at the end of the presentation before they unveiled the banner talking about her, her late husband. Flip was passionate about Minnesota, and he was passionate about basketball, as you all know, but he was also a good man, he was a good father, and he was a good husband. And I know Flip would want me to tell all of you that he is very touched by this moment, and he would also want to tell you how fortunate he felt to have known you and you all contributed things to his life, and he loved that. So keep up your kindness, the Minnesota humble and kind, because it looks good on all of you, and thank you so much. You know what, this, this, that, that tribute last night and all the people who spoke, it really, may, at least for me, it, it makes you think about if you were to die, what would people say about you if they gathered and told stories? Ooh. How many people would gather, you know, what would they say about you, and, and what would the vibe be like? And then my mind went to this other place of, okay, Tom Thibodeau is a winning coach, but Tom Thibodeau is one of the least likable coaches or basketball people in the game. I mean, the falling out with Chicago. Have you ever heard anyone tell a story other than Kevin McHale about a Flip Saunders falling out or or hating Flip Saunders in some way? I mean, that, that was like if Tom Thibodeau or Ebenezer Scrooge going through the multiple hypothetical outcomes of his life and, and, and looking over like, this is what it's like. If you turn your life around and you treat people better, this is what can happen when people gather and tell stories about you. The big contrast comes when Chauncey Billups said last night, you know, Flip took interest in me off the floor. He knew my wife. He knew my kids' names. Our, our kids went to dance class together. Uh, we did magic together. <laughs> Don't see Tibbs doing rabbits out of hats with any of his players. He's going to have to if they want to start playing defense in some of these games. Well, but and, yeah. and that's today's NBA. I mean, it is. I mean, Pop is sort of the – he's kind of coach emeritus right now, and he has that stern – he he treats this, the media with obviously a lot more disdain, and I think some of it is dog and pony show with the media. But his players, it's a totally different situation. Look at how Steve Kerr's relationship is with the Warriors. That's what you have to be as an NBA yeah, coach Steve. now, and it's my biggest – that and playing time is my biggest criticism of Tibbs. It's just – it's who he is. He can't change his stripes, but – if they if the Wolves don't win, this act is going to earth in quickly. Well, to, but but to that point on Flip Saunders, I mean, and he was a very very good, if not, I think great might be reserved for more postseason success. But Flip Saunders was an outstanding NBA coach and almost ahead of his time in the way that he treated people and players in an era where there were still a lot of Bob Knights in college in the in the eighties and nineties and a lot of a lot of more more of like a drill sergeant yeah. mentality to being yeah. a coach. He was the ultimate players guy and the ultimate arm around somebody guy. And that would, 
I think that would play so well if he were still coaching this Timberwolves team right now. And they're winning, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. but if you could make the swap, you'd obviously, you'd obviously make this one. This is not, what I'm about to say is not at all a knock on Flip Saunders. We had a big ceremony last night for a guy who, he is the winningest coach by leaps and bounds in Timberwolves history. You're, you're, this tells you how much he meant to the organization and how much he meant to the players because, quite frankly, they didn't win much. However, we had this ceremony, and he's this rooted in, you're hearing the owner talking about him in, the, in, in words that I've never heard Glenn Taylor use about people other than talking about Flip Saunders. So I, I, I don't know Glenn that well, but it sounds very genuine. This sort of thing is usually reserved for the guy that put three banners in the roof or the guy that... that won a thousand games yeah. for a franchise. I think and that right. tells you yeah. how important he was. That it, everybody said it last night. It wasn't just about basketball. If it was, we don't have the ceremony. It's it, it's about people. I mean, yeah. the fact that Glenn Taylor, and I mean, I, I've been hard on Glenn Taylor, and I think rightfully so as a basketball owner, but Glenn Taylor as a business person clearly, is a multi, is a clearly billion, obviously a billionaire, right? Yeah. I mean, he has made a lot of questionable basketball business decisions, but but the fact that he met Flip Saunders and sat down, in, this is in the mid-90s, for four hours, and they talked about, okay, you know, if you were the coach, what would your style be? What you know, and they got to know each other. And he said, I would have hired him not just to be a basketball coach. I would have hired him to run almost any of my companies or work high up in almost any of my companies. And that's a great snapshot of of the impression Flip Saunders made on almost everyone. I mean, Tom Thibodeau said it the other night. He made you feel, and I have felt this way at times. And I am a thousandth on the ranking of like. Like Flip Saunders, the, the people that he was like, I wasn't close to Flip Saunders, but in the interactions, he made you feel he made me close. feel like we right. were right. Like, not best friends necessarily, but he made you feel that way in 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 any type of relationship. How many owners? And, and I'm with you. We, we are hard on Glenn Taylor, and that's just a, a result of the product. But how many owners take that phone call? Forget sitting down with Flip and let Flip and letting him break open his. Uh, now, his, in, his in fairness, of... he did take a phone call in regards to David Kahn once and then paid the guy like several million yeah. dollars to run the franchise. So I'm not sure if his if his well, standard right, for entry point is high, but I'm glad it was for Flip Saunders. That's the thing. I mean, you know, how many guys came through? I, I know a good example right now probably is a very different sort of human being, but Quinn Snyder came up through after he fell from grace in college basketball. Believe me, I know that oh too well. Missouri. Yeah. Had to come up through the D-League and is now doing very well. Uh, in the NBA, I, I can't think of that many coaches that came up through those CBA, D-League. You know, maybe yeah. they get an assistantship, but well, I can't think of a lot of guys that got head coach jobs. We had, I believe it was Tim Legler on, this would have been the week after Flip passed away a couple years ago. And Legler was talking about in the early 90s into the NBA teams and coaches would steal or borrow Flip Saunders' offensive sets and inbounds pass plays. And so they were they saw what he was doing in the CBA and said, wait a second, like that whatever you're doing to get those open shots, we want that in the NBA. And then eventually he came over and look what look what the Wolves did in the regular season for eight years. Uh, there's more like there's there's more off the actual game last night we can get to and, and we can do that later on. <laughs> do, we um, have, do we have to? Well the ceremony was so great. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> the the TNT crew said something after the game that kind of perplexes me, and you could say this about almost any team, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Wild and Capitals. You were at that game last night. Uh, Chris Long from 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, KSTP.com, is going to hang out with us at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show until 1 o'clock. It's presented by 1500 ESPN all weekend. We're in the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. 
So if you want to come down here, the gates open today at 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock till 7, tomorrow 9 o'clock till 7, and then 10 to 4 on Sunday. Tickets are 14 bucks. If you're uh, 17 years of age or under, it's free. So get on in here. Oh, by the way, the sponsor of the day or the golf course of the day is the Red River Valley or the Red Valley. Wow, I'm butchering this. The River Valley Golf Trail. And the sign is right in front of me right now. The <laughs> River Valley Golf Trail. Two cool things. The first 1,000 people through the door receive a free greens fee to golf at River Valley. And starting at 4 o'clock, free beer. They're giving you free beer starting at 4 o'clock Why do you guys have at me the, the River Valley Golf Why Trail. Why do you have me on the morning shift? Listen, Had you I know now, I would have three done. hours. I'll get come a long back for lunch, the ride. Yeah. A long lunch. There's a, we got putting contest going on. We're going to give away uh, greens of free golf at, at Troy Byrne for someone who can make a putt at the end of our show today. So we're giving away all kinds of stuff. It's the, it's the reprieve you need if you're starving for some golf here in the Twin Cities. Let's come back, and we're going to have Lou Nanny at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock. We're going to do Write That Down predictions at 11 o'clock this morning. There's another name on the quarterback market that we should just go yay or nay on when we come back. It's Chris Long in for Judd, Mackie and Judd, 1500 ESPN at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. This is the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show, live on 1500 ESPN. In 2013, I received an exceptional phone call from Flip. He indicated that he wanted some time and to come down to Mankato and he wanted to visit. At that meeting, we both talked about the future of the Timberwolves and him being part of the leadership of that into the future. It was at that meeting in 2013 that we made a decision that Flip and I would work together forever to improve this organization. That's why it's so important as we put this banner up tonight that we keep that memory of not only what Flip has done in the past, but that he is part of the future. And I want to recognize that friendship and that leadership and loyalty to, that he had to this organization. I'm so scatterbrained because we're, we're surrounded by just a convention center hall full of golf yeah, things, yeah. and I'm all being, I want to do is golf. I'm being taken somewhere by this experience. It's amazing, and the doors open at 10 o'clock at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show presented by uh, us, 1500 ESPN. But you and I were just talking during the break, and I and, and I don't want to hammer on this too much, so we'll we'll get to the Vikings quarterback thing in a second because we opened the show with the KG thing yesterday. This is the elephant in the room. But it, it's, it, it bothers me. And I see people chiming in on our Twitter account here, too. Roger says, I thought KG's refusal to take part in the ceremony was pretty bleepy of him. Grow up, man. This wasn't a night to honor Glenn Taylor. It was a night to honor Flip. And KG, like a child, refused to show up. And I think one of the alibis was, well, hey, he's working for TNT, and TNT is in Los Angeles. I mean, they were at Staples Center last night, and uh, and, and they're doing all this all-star stuff. And that I watched TNT, unless I missed it, I watched TNT for four hours last night from the whole hour-long pregame show, the entire game, and then the entire postgame show. I didn't see KG once. So if he made a three-minute appearance from Area 21, couldn't Area 21 have been from Target Center? Like, if he wanted to be there, he could have been there. His beef is with Glenn Taylor, not Flip Saunders, and Flip Saunders' family, mind you. Or reverse it. There's got to be some way. TNT was in the building. Do some sort of reverse video feed where, hey, guys, I wish I could be there. I'm here at Area 21, but I wanted to make sure to join you. Or tape something. A, a clip on your phone and email it to the Wolves media relations guys. They can figure out how to get yeah. into the program. I mean, it's it's uh, the comparison I brought up on the show yesterday is, it, and this probably happens to to all of us at some point in our lives, where you go to a wedding, and I know that. Well, you were at you my wedding. You don't have to bring up you don't you don't have to bring up names specifically, but you go to you go to what? Maybe you have maybe you have a falling out with someone 
in the friend group from high school or college. Maybe, but not the groom. Right. But not the groom. You're still you're still loyal to the groom. Well, I'm not going to go. I'm sorry, I can't support you because of this other random guy over here. One of my, you support the groom. One of my closest friends told me, I'm coming to your wedding, and I'm coming to the reception, and it's going to take everything I have in me to not punch friend B. <laughs> and he did it. He made it through. It wasn't easy, but, yeah, there was a situation. But, yeah, he showed up, and he had fun, and we've talked about it, and now we laugh about it eight years later. And meant a lot to me to be there, and, and I, I just I don't understand. There may be a good reason. I'm, I'm hoping, whether it's a, a line or not, I hope that Kevin Garnett in the next couple of days comes out with... Uh, uh, he doesn't know what. No, he does owe an. I was going to say he doesn't owe explanation. He owes the fans an explanation. We were there the night he came back against Cleveland, and his Kevin Garnett 2.0 with Timberwolves was a a short term success, but then turned out to be a pretty miserable failure. The way everything it was played. five amazing games. I think the opener there was a game against Washington where they were down by a bunch of points and then came storming back. By the way, like Flip called our show. We were in Fort Myers the next morning, and it was that was the peak of it. Yeah. On the court for Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he owes it to the Saunders family. He owes it to the Timberwolves fans. Um, You you weren't going to help, you know, if you're furious at Glenn Taylor. Well, you weren't putting any money in his pocket by appearing yesterday. You know, you're not doing him any favors by showing up. And I I do hope that Garnett somehow offers some kind of explanation because I think it will. You know, the guy's still a legend. He's still on the Mount Rushmore, but it, it, it knocks him down a peg. Yeah, and a lot of people will tell you he's not—he's no saint. We know that, and there's a lot of people in the media that don't really care for him from his time here, but the fans do, and the Saunders family did. I would love, you know, maybe that we can do a little impromptu Mackie and Judd or Mackie and Long today show poll, Dave. I'd love to know: Do people listening? Do fans? Do you feel the same way? What did it? Did it bother? Maybe this is the question: Did it bother you that Kevin Garnett wasn't that target center last night, or wasn't part of the tribute in some way? Just. A simple yes or no or some other spin on it. It'd, it'd be interesting to see what, what the reaction is. I think I think there's a lot of people who are just like, well, whatever. I mean, I mean people that already don't like Garnett will say, who cares? Whatever. Keep him out. He's, he's what he did but, behind the scenes. But if he wants to be an owner or the head yes. of a front office at yes. some point, you can't be grudge guy. Right. You can't be grudge guy and also be this galvanizing figurehead of an organization and have a successful <laughs> franchise. You have to be more empathetic. And so if, if like my only advice to him, not that I should ever be giving advice to a guy who's that successful, but if you want to be the head of a front office or if you want to be the owner of a successful basketball operations department, you have to have more empathy. You almost have to look at Glenn Taylor and say, you know what? I know this kind of cuts deep because I was I was a part of a, a lot of teams that should have gone deeper if if there was better ownership or whatnot. Uh, but I'm empathetic. Like I could do this job better than you could, and I just it, there just needs to be a point where we smooth this relationship out. Like you're not going to get what you want by being a child and holding out from all franchise activities. And from a Glenn Taylor standpoint, how about doing a little bit more? If you have to admit you were wrong in areas where maybe you don't actually think you were wrong to patch the relationship with the most prominent figure in franchise history. Both sides definitely share blame for why KG wasn't at target center last night. Doesn't this kind of match how he was as a player, though? And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. You were either with him or against him, and that's how he played. And there's I mean, look at Ray, I mean, Ray Allen. Ray Allen wasn't even part of the Paul Pierce celebration the other night. And that's kind of that's, that's KG's, if, if we have a falling out or if you betray us by going to the Miami Heat, sorry, yeah. you're out forever. Yeah. Well, why? Uh, like, why? Why out forever? You guys had an amazing run and won a championship together. You came up through this Wolves system and made a lot of money. A lot of money. More money than almost any other player in your era. 
why forever? I'm not just. I'm not a forever it, grudge guy. I guess that seems to be just. And I'm not even necessarily judging it in the big picture, but that's just sort of how he's chosen that he's going to be. And uh, that said, I still would love to have. There's got to be somebody that could get his ear and say, "Kid, you need to be there. You need to do something for this." And I'm I'm stunned that that didn't happen. Yeah. So I don't know unless unless I missed it. There must have been one hell of an Area 21 segment on TNT for for 30 seconds that I missed. From somewhere last night. Uh, all right, let's uh, let me throw this out at you, Chris Long, Five Eyewitness News. AJ McCarron is an unrestricted free agent. AJ McCarron was, well, I'll just throw it out there, yay or nay. He's made a handful of starts in his NFL career, and the Browns reportedly tried to trade for him at the deadline and then didn't fax in their side of the agreement in time while they were celebrating. He's out there. The Vikings are looking for quarterbacks. I would certainly not put him at number one on my list, but does A.J. McCarron do anything for you, Yerne? I mean, compared to, you know, if Cousins goes elsewhere and Case says no and Teddy says I'm going to start somewhere and Bradford, nah, he's behind all of those guys, I think. I think you have to shoot every bullet that's in the chamber so far before you start looking for reaching for a guy. It would be a reach. I, I, this is a Super Bowl team. You, you guys said this yesterday, and it was – they are in their Super Bowl window, and you need to act like you're in your Super Bowl window. And uh, I don't know if it was you or Myron that made the point yesterday, but if Kirk Cousins is going to break the bank, then you break that bank. Um, if he goes elsewhere, then if Case Keenum is your best option, you make him your best option. At least he's the devil you know. Um, I don't think you bring in a McCarron who, you know, how many college studs or Heisman winners even – just never, the light never came on the NFL. I'm not saying he's never going to be good. I'm just saying what I know right now. If you were a 7-9 and nine team last year and you're kind of feeling around in the dirt trying to pull a quarterback out uh, from somewhere, sure, maybe you kick his tires, but yeah. not for a team that's a Super Bowl caliber team right now. So I, I think if you're in developmental mode, if you're the Browns or if you're the Jets, if you're not ready to win a Super Bowl this year, yeah. and by the way, it's going to cost, if Mike Glennon as a developmental guy made 15 or whatever it was, 20. 16, 20, whatever it was, yeah. like with the Bears, yeah. on a one, mostly a one-year deal. A.J. McCarron is, is going to have a shot to make $10, $15 million. I saw a figure that maybe he makes $15 million a year. If you're looking to find a spark for your franchise that's been dormant or losing, you can afford to pay a bunch of money with a bunch of cap room to see if A.J. McCarron's your guy. If you're the Vikings, you need more of a sure thing. You need something with a sample size. And not to mention, A.J. McCarron was a fifth-round pick. You know, people are going to say, well, but Tom, Tom Brady, Brady was his, Okay, <laughs> once you get past Tom Brady and undrafted Tony Romo and undrafted Kurt Warner, if we're talking fifth, sixth-round picks or undrafted guys at quarterback, there are 300 of them in the last 20 years yeah. that you've never heard of, and there's three or four that made it. So he's much more likely to be in that category. I mean, Mark Brunel back 20 years ago was a fifth-round pick. He made it. You can count on one hand. So pre-draft evaluation... The fact that he only has about four or five actual games of experience, and the numbers are pretty good. If you're taking a flyer, I'm in. If you're the Vikings, I'm out. I need more of a sure thing. I want an honest answer here. How many sports fans' opinion of A.J. McCarron is inflated because of... Alabama? His girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> well, Kirk, I want you to take a look at that Seriously. young lady right there. Boy, she is something. I'm really smitten. Fate is Mike. Oh, my God. That was the big talker around A.J. McCarron. Kirk, I want you to turn the lights down a little dimmer and turn some smooth jazz on in the background, and let's focus in on this young lady. 
Uh, Did his stock go up just a little bit (laughs) in the general sports fan conscience? Because you, well well done, AJ. You know, (laughs) what was Musburger's actual line? It was like, a lot of little boys dream of throwing the football around in their backyard and dating women like her. Or something. Well, wasn't something it was amazingly it something creepy? Where he did he know she was like it was a shot of her in the stands. Yes, they focused on her and and Musburger like it was like a cartoon where his tongue rolled out of his face for a hundred feet. That was the beginning. and then they that and then the they beginning. started putting him on midnight basketball games in these obscure college conferences. That was the beginning. And of the now end. he runs a gambling site. That was the beginning <laughs> of the end for Brent. Ago. Like he was on the slide, <laughs> and then that all happened, and that was pretty much where everybody went. Hang on, hang on. Okay, Here it is. okay, Uncle Brent. Maybe it's time to. Alabama. You see that lovely lady there? She does go to Auburn. I want to admit that, but she also this Alabama, and that's AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Okay. And right there on the right is D.D. Bonner. That's A.J.'s mom. Wow, I'm telling you, quarterbacks, you get all the good-looking <laughs> women. Ah, it's a, what a beautiful woman. Wow, he's A.J.'s doing whoa. Some... <laughs> if he'd stop. The second, the second like yeah. the wow, and then the second, whoa. Like, all right, let's pump the brakes. If he'd stopped after, you quarterbacks get all the beautiful women. That, okay. Done. But but then the wow and the whoa. A couple extra spoonfuls of creepy on top of that, uh, that didn't really need to happen. Some seasoning of creepy. So seriously, how much is, and he was a, a, a I don't want to say great. He was a good, I don't want to say very good, good quarterback on a great team. And college. also had all-time great college football yeah. defenses yeah. where if you go score 17 points, you're in. Later on. We, we've been surveying everyone that's been on in place of Judd this week too. What would you do if you're if you're Rick Spielman? You have a blank canvas. Are you breaking the? Are you backing up a Brinks truck for Kirk Cousins? So we're going to get your thoughts on that later on, either this hour or sometime during the show. Here we're live at the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show, presented by us, 1500 ESPN. Tickets are just 14 bucks for adults and free if you're under 17. So, or 17 and under, I should phrase it that way. Bring the whole family. Yes, and uh, if you're above the age of 21, you can get free beer at 4 o'clock at the River Valley Golf Trail Stand, which is the first one you see next to us when you walk in. Bring everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Details on the full schedule of events this weekend and the attractions at minnesotagolfshow.com. Let's come back here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to mix in some golf discussions here because you and I have the itch. This is the time where normally I'd be looking at Fort Myers and stuff and uh, Derek and Pat are down there. So I'm, I'm living vicariously through, through these golf lodges. Chris Long is with us from 5 Eyewitness News. Back with more Mackie and Judd at the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Lou Nanny in about 30 minutes, too. Live on 1500 ESPN. Four. It's the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. One under early, first hole, and then all of a sudden I, I went uh, double bogey bogey. I was like, oh man, here we go. I gotta somehow turn this thing around. And I was able to do that, fought hard to try and keep that momentum going. Uh, I made a couple nice putts. Uh, I had a really tough two putt up number one. I was able to two putt that one. And, uh, you know, really hung in there well. Yeah, how do you, how, how do you shoot like. If you're hitting balls 300 yards wide left of every fairway and still shoot a 72, you're good at golf. So I think if his back holds up and he can maybe put a ball in the fairway, Tiger Woods is going to be fine. Chris Long is with us in place of Judd today, and this is the guy, Russ Higgins, from Second Swing. If you're looking for apparel, if you're looking for club fitting, and you find you need a name tag so people can find you walking around the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show here, Russ. Thanks for coming over. Absolutely. It's Good a pleasure. To see you, man. Thank you. So uh, this is one thing. So people who are maybe on the fence about coming out here, you just told us off the air, this is actually the largest 
apparel sales event or or grouping of days in the country, right? Like if you're going to come out here and you're looking for apparel, $20 and under even, this is the place to to get in, even though you might not wear it for like two months. <laughs> well, first off, the Minnesota Golf Show has a lot of opportunities. So people have been sitting around the house and really getting cabin fever to get out and go play some golf. And this is an event that really helps kick off the season here in Minnesota. What you just alluded to from a uh, apparel selection standpoint, there's over 15,000 pieces of apparel here. Uh, and all it, it's it's specially priced. It's priced to move. And, you know, if you're looking for maybe a new wardrobe for this year, everything's priced pretty much at $20 or under. And you got things like Nike, Ashworth, uh, Adidas, uh, any of the brand names you can go see when you can walk into a Can we get Chris in like a Ricky Fowler situation this weekend? Oh, Ooh, I think some that's... Bright, some bright you know onesie what, colors. You know what I found last year? They had a... I'm a Missouri grad. There was a Mizzou golf shirt there. I Every year, and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. Every year, I usually do one day on 1500. On my way out, I'll go stop by. I'll get four or five shirts. I'll get four or five gloves, a couple hats, and I'm good. I don't have to get any more golf gear for the rest of the season. Now, you're right. It sits there on my shelf and taunts me for a couple months. But, yeah, I usually get it for, and again, I'm not saying this just because you're sitting here, for a third of what I would spend if I did it at any pro shop that I would go to. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the prices over here are, you know, $15, $20, $25. It's a $70 to $100 golf shirt if uh, if you're walking around. And it's, uh, you know, maybe you're going to have a Country Club logo, uh, logo on it, but it's a... Uh, it's a great value. So, you know, from a price proposition standpoint, you can't beat this. I feel like we should add a component. Do you guys ever watch, like, those red carpet shows before before the Grammys or before the Oscars where I'll say, you got, like, I'll, four... I'll say no, but... <laughs> where you, like, duck in for five minutes <laughs> yes, and, and they're yes. evaluating, like, the new trends in Hollywood or in music, and it, it's like Jay Cutler's wife from that MTV show ten years ago. We need that. I'm watching some of these golf tournaments now. And guys are going, like Tiger Woods had a shirt on a couple weeks ago, no collar anymore. It's like Nike has these sort of button-up, no collar. Uh, I think we're going a little bit away from the white belts now because they became too popular. We're coming back to black pants. Oh, yeah. And so what are, what are some of the, uh, I'm going to make you the fashion expert here, Russ. What are some of the golf fashion trends that you're seeing going into 2018? Well, as I did an up and down shoes on my own uniform like here. Uh, yeah. Khaki and yeah. pullover. That's I like, yeah. we, have, we have a buddy, uh, our, our buddy that the audience wouldn't know, but our buddy uh, Nate, who we golf with sometimes, and, and he has golf shoes that look like, like loafers or so are you wearing golf shoes? They look like boat shoes, wow. and they have spikes underneath them. And, then and I still look like I'm golfing in 1997 when I go out And there. then there's our buddy Jake, who goes full creamsicle Ricky yeah. Fowler at, like, <laughs> an executive course. Yes. Right. Well, you got a whole guys like even uh, Justin Thomas at the British Open last year. I mean, he's got the full, like, the, uh, you know, 1950s yeah. look with, uh, you know, the, the cardigan and the, uh, you know, he's got the tie on. I mean, very classic, very yes. classic look in there. But, you know, golf uh, attire hasn't changed much over the years. But you're definitely seeing with guys like uh, a Ricky Fowler, who's pulling in a whole different trend uh, and also you know probably appealing to a different audience out there as well it looks like he's wearing sweatpants sometimes he's got like those elastic bottom pants and stuff uh the other thing but it's russ higgins from second swing here one of our friends every year at the venture make minnesota golf show that we like catching up with so one of the cool things about second swing if you don't if you're a player and you're like me or chris for instance where we love golfing but we don't have time necessarily, or maybe we don't have the finances to spend on weekly lessons for six months to overhaul our swing. At Second Swing, you guys will fit people with the right clubs. You guys, there's a process you can go through. 
if you want to shave five or ten strokes off your game, you might not have to overhaul your entire swing. You might just have the wrong clubs, Russ. Yeah, so there's uh, we refer to it as a tour, uh, tour van fitting. So it's just like the same type of experience a PGA-level uh, professional is going to get from a manufacturer. You're going to come in. We've got these 3D uh, motion capture cameras that surround a player. They take video of your swing, and then we can flip that into 360 degrees and see your avatar swinging. We measure all the nuances from beginning to end in your golf swing, and we can tell uh, maybe what style of club head and then what style of shaft would be a best complement for your tendency. So, a lot of a lot of folks definitely work hard on uh, doing uh, lessons, uh, and on the flip side of that, we're looking to um, you know not change your swing, but better uh, better yet uh, fit the clubs that you have to what your tendencies are. What percentage of golfers roughly do you think is using the wrong length? club but people mm. you see that come in and you're either too hot too too long or too short well just about everybody today plays a driver in their bag right and manufacturers produce a driver that's 45 to 46 inches in length um, the average length of a driver on the pga tour is 44 inches so right out of the chute i mean you could almost bucketize every golfer out there into that right there so almost 100 <laughs> percent. we see uh, a lot of the fittings that we do for drivers it's not uncommon uh probably 70 percent of the driver fittings we do people actually go to a shorter length driver and they hit it more consistently they get better contact better distance is that marketing a longer club, you think bigger swing, and I, I remember when club heads were normal size, and then one day I bought one, I felt like I was swinging a shoe. Well, there's, there's, there's truth in the data. <laughs> bigger you know. is better. Well, Actually, swinging a shoe when you're in the rough is the right strategy, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Just don't let anyone catch you. There, there's definitely truth in the data in the sense that, uh, you know, that one swing that you make with a longer club is going to go further for you. It, it, it will. But it's the one swing that you make that gets there. The, uh, the average of your swings are not that one swing. They're... You know, they're going to include all the bad ones as well. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if people come on out here, what uh, people stop by uh, the Venture Make Minnesota Golf Show and they and they come see you guys at Second Swing, give the audience another update on what what they can expect. So apparel is the big thing this whole weekend, right? Well, you know, that's one piece. We also have about ten thousand pieces of uh, of clubs down here: putters, drivers, iron sets. Uh, There's some great specials in there. For example, there's a nine fifteen Titleist driver that starts at one thirty nine, or a Ping G driver that was uh, essentially last year's driver uh, you know, on the U side starts at 169 so you can get some great savings you'll have the opportunity all the manufacturers are here so if you want to try like the new M3 and M4 driver that just launched today the manufacturers are here. You can hit those clubs, try them out. You can get fit. You can custom order, or you can take a look at the used side. Maybe something, maybe a, more of a value proposition, and uh, pick that up today. Great thing is, if you do buy it here, you got through May first with this uh, play guarantee that we offer. So you can go out and play it. If it's not working, you can exchange it for full in-store credit and get something later on as right. well. I grabbed a, a Mac Daddy pitching wedge because it matches my name and it felt good from Second Swing like three years ago. And I bleeping left it on a green somewhere last summer. I lost. That's like my favorite club I've ever had. I lost a wedge, and I went to the second swing up on Hennepin, and they helped me find the exact. And it's I have three antique clubs in my bag that are the best clubs I hit, and I refuse to get rid of them. It's an old Ram bulldozer wedge <laughs> that you cannot find. It's older than you are. The guy helped me track one down and, and found it. Chris does That's have amazing. an old man game component That's to his. That's true. But, he's, but he shoots pretty well. So, Russ Higgins, thanks for coming over. Thanks so much, Great guys. Great catching up, man. Thank you. Stop by. Uh, if you come to the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show, Second Swing is, is one of the main places to be. Let's come back. Let's talk more about um, last night's activities on the ice and on the court for our local teams. And then we'll get to Lou Nanny.
at the top of the hour. Mackie and Judd with Chris Long in for Judd. Convention Center Hall B, Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. You're listening to the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show, live on 1500 ESPN. Spend this weekend working on your golf game at the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. It's inside the Minneapolis Convention Center. Get free lessons from a PGA pro. Book a golf trick, a trip taken, a seminar at the Golf Tech stage. Save money on clubs and apparel. Much, much more. 1500 ESPN broadcasting all weekend long from the 19th hole. You can stop by, watch the shows, try your luck on our putting green. Tickets are just 14 bucks at the door. Kids 17 and under are free. More details at minnesotagolfshow.com. Let it behind the net. Now he has some room to move. Feeds a backdoor. Ovechkin fires. He scores! Ovechkin with his league-leading 34th of the season to double Washington's lead. Dubnik looked like he got a piece of it, but not enough as it slid home. And at 5:51, it's a 2-0 Capitals lead. I feel like uh, before the game when Bruce Boudreaux ran into Alex Ovechkin, who scores 50 goals every year, and then he looks at the wild roster and he's like, okay, Eric Stahl scores a couple goals. Is anybody else going to get near 30? I saw, like, heart bubbles appearing on top of Bruce Boudreaux's head last night in the in the highlights, running into Ovechkin in the hallways. Probably misses the automatic 50 spot when you're putting together, like, how many goals are we going to score this season? Funny moment at the skate-around yesterday morning. I was there uh, shooting way up in the concourse, but saw the whole thing kind of brewing. Ovechkin walked down the visiting tunnel during the wild pregame skate. By the way, hockey, love the fact that every other sport is, you know, national secrecy level practice, preparation. Hockey, the other team just walks out during your skate. Hey, how you guys doing? Anyway, Ovechkin walks out. Well, you're not going to run like trick plays or anything. They're not going to they're not going to see but, you throwing a pass to Nick Foles in practice, but right? Still, uh, NBA shootarounds are pretty walled off. Anyway, uh Boudreaux skating around, sees Ovechkin comes out and shouts or goes, "Hey, thought you said you were going to the Olympics." Yeah. <laughs> and you can just see Ovechkin just kind of shake his head. <laughs> I think he may have called him a some word fat, that fat, fat bleep that sure. he always calls him. Yeah, uh, uh, Judd is on vacation, but Judd has been chiming in uh, remotely via the Juddbot 3000 he all le- week long. He left his hockey conscience behind. Yeah, and I can't imagine it's a rough result for the Wild last night to uh, to fall behind. They can't claw their way back, and Dubnik with kind of, kind of a rough one. So let's let's hear thoughts from the Juddbot 3000, Dave. <laughs> it's been the same consistent story all season, and it's the same every year. This team is not consistent. They play one good period, follow it up with a bad one, and by the end either you're scrambling for a win or way too far behind. I won't be happy until the Wild can be consistently dominant every period of every game for a full 82 games. And see, that's the I, I, I keep telling Judd and now the Juddbot 3000, and I'm not, I'm not the diehard hockey guy that you guys are. If you want consistency in a sport like that, where the best players are only cashing in like 15% of their shots... Consistency is not attainable. The Wild are rippable for a lot of things. Lack of consistency is a tough one to sell me on. I don't, I don't know, Chris. I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's a reason Washington, beyond Ovechkin, he's a big part of it, but there's a reason they've been near the top of the standings for the last Yeah, because they have a guy who can score 50 years. goals every year. But they don't just sit on him. They've had really good defensemen. They've had John Carlson. They had... Um, I'm yeah, they have Alex Ovechkin. I'm reaching, but they... Nicholas Backstrom is a great compliment. He is the Scotty Pippen to Ovechkin's Jordan, and you have to have those pieces. You just can't. Look, Edmonton has 
maybe the best player in the in, in the NHL you're, right now. You're saying Charlie Coyle's not a great no. Scotty Pippen on this team? Uh could be. Yeah. It could be. That's been the story for six years. Uh, what, what else from the Judbot 3000? These idiots were back at it again last night. <laughs> the Minnesota Furious Rallies. That's what they are. Change the name. Only this time they should have been the Minnesota way too far behind because you can't play the way they do against the Capitals. Nap through the second period and have success. I hate this team. <laughs> it's amazing how much the Judbot has nailed every nuance I heard yesterday Judbot even stirred in a, my point is this. It was amazing. <laughs> the, the, the Judbot, the Judbot has nailed the nuances. <laughs> I was openly can, giggling in my car yesterday. Can we get away with a four-hour show where the Judbot 3000 yeah. just co-host the show? No, no, just run the whole thing. I'll oh. go to a second swing and hang out till 1 o'clock. How far can we take the Judbot 3000? Does the Judbot 3000 need batteries, or does he, does he just plug into a... Uh, a charging device. No, Dave. solar power. Solar power. Yeah, it's you fantastic. gotta get a dump of Yingling in once every six months. <laughs> yeah, you fill his gas tank with right. with some various craft uh, brew options. Uh, the Judbot's first point was not totally off base, though. I mean, it does feel like we're starting to see a pattern with the Wild, where it really is the first and second period. You can all make it binary in the last however many games. First period, second period. One of them is good. One of them is yeah. And it switches which one it is, and then the third period is either get rolled or surge back yeah. and create a miracle. And, it's, by, and it's by the way, template. like they are, you know, as as flawed as this team is, I believe they're tied for sixth right now in points in the Western Conference. Yeah, and so the, the stupid format there, the eight seed, which right. But they're in right now. I, I, yeah. I I'm they're going to get. They're going to get in. I'm going to need someone to sell me, and maybe maybe you can do this now. Maybe you have no interest in. It. I I need someone to sell me on why. Or how this team can make a deep playoff run. Because I just feel like they've had chances the last couple years. And the window is maybe not slammed shut. But they don't, they don't have... Devin Dubnik hasn't proven at all in his career to this point that he's going to carry you for two months in the playoffs. No, but he's they proven don't have he can a carry... top-line center. Let me do that one at first. He's proven he can carry you for two months at a time. Sure. It's just never been... But February, January and February is a different time than... Hasn't happened yet. April and May against the best teams in the NHL. So maybe this year the, the flower's going to bloom in the spring instead of the middle of the winter. It helps, though, in the regular season when you're mixing in games like Phoenix, who, yes. who they blew a 3 nothing lead to. You can, you can pad your hot streaks by facing non-playoff teams. I, and, and I'm with you. He has carried the team for two, three months at a time in the past. But do it against the best teams. Do it when you're, when you've got, you know, when you've got all stars all over the ice in a in a late April first round playoff series. So I, I need someone to sell me on this team being able to make a deep run. Otherwise, it's just the same old story. It's a first round exit in six games, or maybe they maybe they win a, a series in seven games and then they get blown out in five games in the second round. Here's the sell. As far as points go, right now they're sitting at 68 points. Vegas leads the Western Conference NHL or just Western Conference? Tampa's one up on them. Leads the Western Conference at 80. Quick math. Six wins? Six wins. Flip three games. Flip three games out of the last 57. A puck bounces this way, goes in off that guy. You, you win a couple shootouts. And they're, you know, they are halfway to the team that is basically being, not not being, that has earned the right to be the best team in the Western Conference. They're not that far off. The Western Conference is so jammed together. Bruce Boudreaux talked about this yesterday morning. He says, I've never seen a, a, a top to bottom this tightly packed. Normally, you've got two or three teams running away with it. Then you have a couple in the middle, and then you have a few scrapping for it. 
you could look at tiers this year, but the separation between those tiers and the Wild are in that third tier right now is so tight, tighter than I've seen. The NHL loves it. I hate it, but they're, the NHL loves it. They're just not exceptional. But that's the argument. They're not exceptional in anything. But no one is right now in the Western Conference. There are good teams, but no one is steamrolling anybody. There's not that Anaheim team that has a line that's each scoring 42 goals. Um, it, it, it's, so to go back to answer your question, sell you on why the Wild can make a deep playoff run? Because hockey. Because hockey, and that's it. Like, and that's and that's always my argument, right? And that will right. be, and that will be, if they get in, that will be my sell too. That's the only sell because you're not going to sell top line center. You're not going to sell Jonathan Quick in his prime when the Kings were, you know, making those runs. Let's come back. We'll talk to Lou and Annie. We can. I think there's a good conversation to be had here. The NHL deciding that the Olympics are not a worthy enough platform to showcase their best players. So we can ask Lou about that. Mackie and Judd with Chris Long in for Judd. It's the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show.